You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRia.com. And doing me right now is a guest that we actually had on last August here on the program. We talked about supply chain management in areas of uh, lab testing and compliance. And I'm happy to go and welcome back to the program the CEO of Bell Costa Labs, Myron Rone. Myron, welcome back on. Hey, thanks for having me, Brasco. So glad I got to have you check back in. And since the last one we talked, and we had one thing that did come across that we saw the news in terms of where your company is expanding operations beyond California, and you're now combining business with independent testing labs, U.S. Canalytics and Pinnacle CT Labs which the uh, U.S. Canalytics uh, services Florida, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, PCT, or Pinnacle uh, CT Labs, services Maryland. And as of now, those leverages are all being rebranded and will now operate as Bell Costa Labs. So talk to me about this merger and talk to me about the East Coast infiltration of Bell Costa Labs into the market. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks again for having me. So... When we were looking at the opportunity to expand Bell Costa from California into other states, we, as many California brands, we started looking initially into Florida. And, you know, Florida is a very unique market in terms of cannabis and cannabis testing, where it's a vertically integrated state. As we were doing our uh, research and work, I was lucky enough to meet the owner of U.S. Canalytics, who is a Florida native. And... We, we connected where, and we were able to decide to combine our entities together to really give a national presence. So with our five labs across five states, the East Coast markets are very unique. California is stands out there with its large market base, but the East Coast primarily has multi-state operators and meant like a lot fewer customers than California. So it, and on top of it, there's very unique differences in terms of the testing across all the different states. So we decided to combine our entities to use some of the knowledge and experience that we're coming from California, as well as learning about the East Coast and really helping grow on the East Coast. We've seen a lot of California customers start to branch out into other states, and we're happy to be servicing some of them already on the East Coast. 
So we know that uh, lab testing is crucial for companies because they need to go and show that they're doing something where they have a third-party testing, not anything where it's in-house. They need to show that there's independent evidence that their products are above board and that, that this is another area of compliance, which we know that other companies out there, we're, I'm not going to call on these, but we know that there are companies that are out lab shopping. They're looking for those that are being finding lab companies that are more favorable than others. And, you know, there's all these different certifications and different areas where people can say, okay, well, we're looking to create compliance above board, the cannabis control board's level of compliance. You know, they're, you're hearing this, oh, there's now a trust and testing certificate. There's this certification. And then, you know, there's all the issues when it comes to, you know, testing for CBD and various products that, well, the FDA doesn't want to go ahead and give you the guidance for it. Now they're kicking the can over to the legislature, to uh, Congress to handle in future legislation down the line. Without any of that here, uh, what can you tell me about Bell Coastal Labs that really, what is it that needs to be understood to these companies as to making sure that they just can't look at this as trying to find a cost cut? They need to really do the due diligence to realize this is an important spend to their budget and for the good of their customer base and, and the good of their business, they need to make sure that everything's above board. They need to be able to put a, a legitimate and rigorous testing standard put in place for their product. Absolutely. Uh, all of our customers and anyone that's in the cannabis space needs to understand cannabis, like, and especially cannabis testing labs, like we are a public health and safety division. And so our job is to make sure the cannabis you're consuming when you're buying a legal operation is clean, free from contaminants, it's accurate. You know what you're getting. And so there's information, just like when you go to the supermarket and you look at a label, you know exactly what you're getting. Now, in every industry, pharmaceutical, in food testing, in every industry, there's always a variance within that. But cannabis is unique where we're, it's being driven by the demand for high potency and a demand by, and that demand is coming from the consumers to the dispensaries, dispensaries and the cultivators. And then the cultivators are could be shopping for labs that are going to give them the highest potency. On top of that, we're, they're also looking at terpenes and things and along the lowest line. So the reality is over time, and, and I don't know how soon that'll happen, but over time across the country, we need to have some type of standardization. Today, in every state, every state has different requirements, different testing requirements, different levels. So you could take a product from, let's just say California, maybe move it to another state where, for example, in the mold testing, they have they do a total yeast and mold count. Well, a California product might fail in some other state and vice versa. The East Coast product might fail in California because we have more pesticides and our levels are tested lower and it's very different. So there's no consistency for the consumer who could be going from recreational market to recreational market and to know that their product is completely the same across all of the states. So the goal with completing the merger on the East Coast was really to bring that standardization across the board. Now, we're going to stay in compliance with all of each individual state's requirements, which pesticides they need. Some are different, some are the same, which what type of mold testing they need. So each state has to be within those requirements, but we will eventually offer the additional testing for consumers and brands that want to see if there's additional contaminants or if there's any other issues. So we are trying to share those resources across the company to really help the consumer be confident in what they're, in what they're smoking or eating. 
all, all across the board there. Now, how important is it for any lab testing outfit that's going to be servicing a client in cannabis? How important is, is the understanding that they need to say that, listen, the standard of the Cannabis Control Board is asking you to comply to is the bare minimum at best. I mean, would that be something that you think that every lab testing company like yours should be uh, subscribing and should be preaching out there to your clients? Yeah, so it is the bare minimum, but unfortunately, just with what's going on in the cannabis industry and everybody just trying to, to get by at this time, I mean, no no cultivator, manufacturer, distributor is going to want to test for additional products, they don't, additional items they don't have to, primarily. Maybe a few will, maybe if you want to be aware if there's any issues, but they're going to require just the bare minimum of testing. Now, our job is, is to be in compliance with the state to provide our customers with accurate consistent results that they can count on for what the state is requiring. And if they would like to go deeper, we definitely have the capability and the opportunity to. But for us, it's, again, on a client-by-client basis and if they request that type of testing. Right. So I want to bring up a story that came out of Oregon. And the Oregon Health Authority on March 1st this year implemented new testing rules for cannabis. And one of the tests they've asked for is for a mold, detecting a mold called Aspergillus a ubiquitous fungus that people breathe in every day and accumulates more heavily on aging vegetation, including uh, like compost piles. Now, specifically, they're saying that, uh, you know, it's very common both indoors and outdoors. Uh, Breathe in fungal spores every day, but it's impossible to completely avoid breathing in some aspergillus spores. But the thing is, this here is one of the requirements in the testing that the plant cannot fail if it has any particular amount of aspergillus. So there have been preliminary lab results from uh, lab testing, labs that are testing for this right now and other microbiological contaminants. And the failure rates uh, that have already been given to the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission show that infused pre-rolls failed 22% of the time, flower at 6%. So this story says that this might be something that this might be a test that might be included now through lab testing in all cannabis markets. What can you tell me about aspergillus and the importance of detecting this mold in cannabis? And is this something that you feel like companies like yours are going to have to encounter and face in your testing going forward? So we already test for aspergillus in multiple states. It's a requirement already in California in Florida and several other states. So uh, it is something that we're very well aware of, I'd say, especially in climates that have are more humid, you know, have more rain, like like in Oregon, you're going to have more chance of aspergillus growing, any type of mold, moisture, heat. It's going to help all that grow. And depending on what how they're storing their product and, and what they're doing during the cure process will really affect that aspergillus. So we've been doing this already for six years in California and so on, most of our clients are aware of if they have an aspergillus issue and where it comes from. There are places on the East Coast, for example, that people will actually radiate their cannabis to ensure that any mold spores are dead and that therefore because they have such low levels of testing requirements for any mold that if they don't radiate it, 
it could grow and fail not that it leveled like a 10,000 total yeast and mold count where it's very easy to hit that now that's any mold those could be those could be beneficial mold those could be any type of mold including aspergillus but with that so you now you have product out there that's gone through the radiation process it's not as the quality is not the same i think illinois also has that type of lower levels where people are radiating their cannabis and so aspergillus is an issue what we understand about it is it's likely to cause harm to somebody with an immune deficiency so and that includes a lot what you know a lot of people use cannabis for for cancer treatment and things along those lines where you don't want to give an immune compromised person cannabis full of molt but also at the same time oregon's been recreational for many years and has never checked on that there are other states in the same way so I don't think we know it as a country yet and as individual states how bad the aspergillus is because it is prevalent everywhere. You know, we look at things also like what are called mycotoxins, which is taking that mold growth to the next level where it is a it is a, becomes a toxin. And so it's a significant growth, significant age uh, over time. And that is definitely harmful for people. But we've, in California, for example, we've never seen a single mycotoxin hit at, at our lab, for example. Right, right. So it is rare to actually see those, those type of toxins. But aspergillus is an important test. The challenge in that is, especially in markets where you, as a testing lab, there are markets in California, we test for a batch size up to 50 pounds. There are other markets like New Jersey and Florida that, that go up to 100 pounds. And so when you're looking at 100 pounds, and let's say we're only t- we're taking a smaller percentage of the batch, there could be mold anywhere within a batch that we may or may not find and, and there's there's no way to without testing every single bud and everything of the plant to be 100 percent accurate so we get a homogenous mix we mix it all together and we hope that if there is any mold in it that we're able to catch it during our testing process now i've talked a lot about yeast mold bacteria in the terms of that companies might not do enough we were going back since 2016 about where companies might not be doing enough especially there was always a talk in california because of the lower standards in of the Bureau of Cannabis Control in that state that they have for these kind of contaminants. But then, again, the fact that aspergillus we just talked about, that Oregon did not require that and part of the testing, but they have brought that back in. They said eight years ago that it was not going to be part of the testing process. Now it is. And if I'm correct, there are other states that have not included aspergillus testing as part. And I'm not trying to point out i'm just thinking the point that maybe it's not so much the integrity of the companies making sure they're doing their part on what to test for is that these cannabis control boards are now also are not on the same page as to what they should have testing done for correct without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's correct. I mean, from what I understand, there are committees that are coming into that are coming into place where multiple states are getting together to try to help centralize and define the requirements across the board. But I mean, you can tell we're even in the news articles when you when you read about them, which states are very aggressive in reviewing testing standards, which states are more lax. You know, well, you your newer markets are up and coming, and depending on how they build out their team. There may be, there may not even be a single lab person in the market that's going out and looking at the testing labs. They're hoping that the testing labs are doing their jobs correctly, and as and they should be. But uh, so each one of these states eventually does need to come together, and hopefully, even if the federal government doesn't standardize, if we can get the states together to try the centralized type of testing and not and and not be ridiculous on one end or the other, either too lax or way too difficult to pass. It's still an agricultural crop where that's grown outside, you know, where our food is, it's grown near our food. So the difference is obviously that you're consuming it through your lungs primarily. And so the lungs can't process the same way that your stomach can. But again, we don't even have enough detailed information on that to really truly understand what our lungs can process. And it, and it's funny, I would, you know, hear the story and talk to people about it. But if you think about before cannabis legal at all, nobody had any idea what was being put on their cannabis. They're still smoking it. So, Back in those days, and, and they're, you know, they be a lot of the uh, the post smoke will say that we're still fine, but I do think actually in a lot of states the cannabis that you're buying in a legal market is actually cleaner than the food you're eating. Now there was one other one I want to ask you about, Myron, and I really appreciate you letting me go and ask you about these different areas. One other story that was really a very made me very curious as well. Uh, University of Northern Colorado they worked with a lab company in Colorado to interrogate. The THC potency claims of cannabis retailers, and there was a study they put out called Uncomfortably High, uh, Testing Revealing Inflated THC Potency on Retail Cannabis Labels. It's published in PLOS 1. And that labeling did not match the verification test. So what they did was they used high-performance liquid chromatography, and they looked at 12 strains from 10 Colorado dispensaries, and strains were chosen to represent a diversity of reported THC percentage by dry weight from 12.8% to 33%. Does that, I'll tell you, that's kind of, that actually boggles my mind, the fact that there could be that much difference going on and that some companies might be reporting, and maybe it's not mislabeling on purpose, but what do you think about the fact of, there might be some samples and there might be some products out there that their THC potency is not correct. So keep in mind, every state is different in terms of what's called sampling requirements. Okay. Uh, for example, in most of the states we're in, our lab goes out, and actually in all the states that we're in, all, our lab goes out and we randomly sample the batch that's put in front of us. So if it's a batch of flour... And our team is going to go through that batch and they're going to pull random samples throughout that entire batch. That could be a 50 pound batch or hundred pound batch, whatever it may be, which, whichever state. So we're reliant upon the cultivator to put out the correct product. 
and then we'll rely upon us grabbing random samples. And so if you think about it, we actually did a very interesting study where we took um, a one, we took one candidate's plant as it was grown, and we tested the buds at the the cola at the midpoint and at the bottom. And this was only where the light the top. And we saw up to a 20%, now 20, not 20 points, but 20% variance between the top bud to the middle to the bottom. And so, and as well as the terpene variant. So the goal of the random sampling is to try to encompass all of that, take, homogenize it all together, which some states don't even require you to mix it all together very well, and then test it from that point. So it makes sense that there is a variance. I don't know what that threshold should be to say this is accurate, uh, but there, there will always be a variance. It's still an agricultural crop, and it's still so dependent upon what point you're grabbing it from and what the random sample is. And some states have very small batch sizes. In some states, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it's Colorado or not, but the cultivator actually brings you the samples. So you can imagine if, if you have a cultivator bringing you the samples, what are they going to bring you? They're going to bring you the best money they have. Right. And then it would make complete sense that there's a large variance on, in the label to what's actually the consumer is getting. Like they're also saying in the report that 13 of 23 tested samples observed values that were more than 30% lower than the lowest reported value. My thing is, you know, there can be a lot of variables as to why this is here, but you know what, when they can have a study like this done, that can debunk it and also just kind of create some skepticism across the board. This is where companies and lab companies have to be working in lockstep. And this is why it's even more important to just realize, you know, we, you know, as an industry, we still have to police ourselves. There are no standards and there's no model right now, a standard or universal model of testing that goes across the board. But this is why, you know, companies like Bell Coastal Labs, and I've already spoke with you before, the idea is that, you know, you're showing by going into new markets and expanding what you're doing in terms of your testing, there's a trust there. Already among California, we already made that clear, but now into new markets and adhering to those same standards that are put into place in the other markets, especially in markets like you, like you have in Florida and New York and Pennsylvania that are all bustling markets. I mean, you know, it just itself, just with adding into, sorry, New Jersey, excuse me, but going into new markets like that, you want to be able to go and have the right kind of companies that are doing the due diligence. You have to go and pay for that. So in anything with compliance, you have to put the money down for it. You have to make the spend. It's a required budget. And any corporate type of MSO, you can't cut the corners on this. You have to pay the price on it. It's, you know, and the thing is, I'm not expecting the, those companies to police themselves necessarily. They need the third-party certification. But the, the, or the, just the, that third-party, you know, interrogation of their own. They need to realize that their product is needs to be put to a high standard one among their own and compliance has to be more than the bare minimum. That's just how it is to me. Mark, any other thoughts you want to just have on this to just terms of, you know, the importance of what Bill Costa is doing and avoiding these kind of issues we've kind of addressed. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are, the, the potency challenge is just an ongoing challenge. It's not in every single state, uh, which is interesting to see coming from California where it is very prevalent and 
sounds like Colorado too. It, it, it's it's there a little bit in varying uh, in varying states. And so what what I see happening is it really starts at the consumer level and then the dispensary level. And it's it's very hard. You, you don't want a dispensary to sell just based off THC potency because then the consumers use that. There are many strains that people have smoked for years and years and years that are typically low tested, like a Jack Hilaire. It's a low testing strain, but people enjoy it. We need to look at the other components of that, which we're, we're working on, which are flavonoid and esters and other other aspects of what is cannabis besides just THC potency and the terpenes. Even the terpenes, the primary cannabis terpenes, are, are pretty much relatively the same of the top the top tier. They're a blend of six or seven different primary terpenes. And so, and what I worry about is that consumers eventually start seeing the same, essentially getting the same strain because everyone's starting to grow just high high potency flour, and they're not growing necessarily the the Jack Careers of the world or anything else. And so, you know, Blue Dreams and other types of strains because they're testing too low. And so, they, these are strains that people have enjoyed for years and years and years. They enjoy the flavor profile. They enjoy the effects. They they have the benefits from it. And we're going to miss out as a country if we keep falling into that THC is the only thing that's important game. And so we need to start talking about, and, and labs can help to do this by talking about what else is it besides potency. It, it's terpenes. It's what are the effects? How can we help our customers, our, our MSOs or, or individual growers really talk about what else is it besides potency? Let's talk about the terpenes. Let's talk about the, the effects. Let's do a roundtable study on different strains of test lower and, and get the information out to the consumer so they can say, oh, this is a review of this strain. Well, this person said X, Y, Z about it, made them feel better, made them feel this way. And maybe the consumer will drive their purchasing off some of that information versus just, I want 30% flour. Yep. You know, Myron, I'm quite impressed. Like I said, when people come on to this grassroots marketing program, this this is not a pushover show. I think I've taken a long time to bring this show to where it is because when it comes to, you know, guests like you, I like to tap into your expertise. Obviously, you know, we are here to go and talk about Bell Coastal Labs, but there are the areas of testing that I could just take from any point, and this is just in the last month, the reports that are going on out there. Aside from what you're doing in the merger and growing in the new markets, there's all these different factors that keep getting reported about. And if you don't want to have to worry about these headlines and feeling like you need to be anxious as to if your flower, if your pre-rolls, if what you're doing right now, if your testing company is not doing the due diligence for you, then it, you need to go and pay more attention. And I appreciate you getting uh, answering all these areas with me, Myron, so we can just go ahead and get into explaining and pointing and putting a big spotlight on all these different areas that are being brought up that remember this industry is always going to get uh, attacked from left and right but if it's but this behooven upon these companies and lab testing companies like bell Custom labs that are doing the due diligence that are proving the point that the compliance is above board in that outfit and that third-party testing is just showing proof positive of that. So I want to go ahead and just take you to the website, uh, Bell Coastal Labs, B-E-L-C-O-S-T-A Labs.com. Various areas 
of protesting when it comes to cannabinoid potency, terpene profiles, pesticides, residual solvents, micro microbial, mycotoxins, moisture content, water activity, foreign matters, etc. And for those that, you know, they might be in Florida, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, in those new markets, or in California, uh, how can they go and what should they do to go and get in touch with you and, you know, what you're able to go and provide to these companies that are needing your services? Absolutely. So many of our customers are maybe new into these markets, are looking to get into these markets, are looking to grow. We can absolutely help them with some guidance in the, in the state. We can help them with just getting some information and maybe connecting to any people if they're looking to get a license or if they're looking to do some type of deal. Uh, because we are in these states and we know our, our clients very well, we can assist with them in the early licensing process. We can, Some of the states require even lab testing agreements to be in place. So we're happy to do that like in New Jersey. And so we, we definitely can provide guidance, information, just what we know. We are all about customer service. Our customer is our priority. Obviously, public health and safety is number one. We're really is over-communicating with our clients and helping them along this testing process, especially considering every state is different. So anybody can reach out to us at our, you can email us at info at bellcoastalabs.com. Or feel free to give us a call, and uh, our phone number is at 562-676-4206. All right, fantastic. Again, been here with Myron Rone, CEO of Bill Coastal Labs in California. Uh, thanks so much for making the time to go and talk with us and going through so much here. I really appreciate you running through the gamut here and, uh, you know, giving your expertise on all these important subjects. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.